following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. All right, what's up, everybody? Hello. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jordan. What's going on? Oh, not much. Thanksgiving week. Mm, Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? Oh, man. What are you thankful for? Give me one. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> that's so hard because you got like the pat answer ah. like i'm thankful for my family which i am i'm thankful for you know the job that i have because are you really though i am i love <laughs> i work with kids your and boss teenagers. is a little rough he's iffy <laughs> if i could like cut out every adult and just hang with like kids and teens like man i love it it's awesome i'll tell you what uh yesterday you were in service and yeah, I'm not used to you being there. No, and I'm not used to you sitting up front. And I was front row. <laughs> well, Bethany took my spot. I was like, "Darn you, Bethany!" You were like, uh, "You were sitting in the front row." Yeah, I was, like, I was like, "She is right there." I know. Bethany <laughs> took my spot. I had nowhere to sit. I needed to be near the kids because I didn't trust. I didn't fully trust some of our littles right up front without parents. I'm super thankful for you that you were there. Yeah, but, but it was real close. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, you I thought the same thing. <laughs> Anyway, I sit in the back when I'm normally in the service. You do, you do, and I can, I can, yeah, I like, like you're far, like yeah, I'm like, far, I'm like you're far enough out that, yeah. This, and I just kept thinking, like, if this goes south, she's gonna bum rush the stage. And I'm <laughs> done. Like, yeah, like, like, I'm gonna need to interrupt here. Oh, I don't know. Goodness. It was anyway, good. I was glad you were there. Like, it's um, nice. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Uh, we had good Thanksgiving service. We I did. thought that went well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Like, you get to Thanksgiving and. I feel like we're constantly like thankful for all this yeah. like stuff, and then it's like, hey, what are you really thankful for? And I'm I was like, like what oh. about like the whole year? I gave right. you things that I was thankful yeah. for, or whatever the case yeah. is. So, uh, whatever. All right. Anyway, you ready? Three questions. Oh yeah. I'm gonna kick Let's you off. Go. I'm gonna get you started. Okay. Right. Here we go. Uh, number one, in a movie about your life, who would play your mom? Oh. <laughs> That I don't okay, not fair because I don't even know actors and actresses' names. I don't like this question. I love it. I have no idea. You were started thinking admit it. You started yeah, thinking like, who play you and I'm going, Oh, this is harder. And then you were like, Mom Well, good oh. thing my mom doesn't listen, so the I don't one know. episode she listens to. <laughs> <I know. laughs> What <laughs> the one she don't punches like into. One. Um, my mom is kind of okay, so the f- I'm almost gonna plead the fifth on this question. Does your mom listen? I don't know. (laughs) Like she listens to my sermons, so I gotta be really careful. Um. Okay. I love you, mom. Yeah. The the (laughs) mom from Everybody Loves Raymond. Like I could see she's a little intense. Whose mom? Deborah's or no? Deborah. Yeah. No. Like Deborah. I guess her, the main character. Oh. Like 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 she's a little like um Ray's wife. Yeah, Ray's wife. She's a little (laughs) controlling, like a little. Like her relationship with her mother-in-law was Patricia the, Heaton. Yeah, I could Patricia see, Heaton. I could see that a little bit. Just kind of that little bit. <laughs> just a little, yeah. This is the way we do things. Oh my! God. Pushing back against her mother-in-law. I don't even think I could. That was hard. I, that's a tough question. I'm gonna. Oh man, who would play my? mom? You have mom? to answer. I did. Who would play my mom? Uh, for some reason, like Sigourney Weaver just popped. <laughs> <in my brain. laughs> 
I don't. I went with the first person I thought of. Ah! I don't even know why it's Gourney <laughs> Weaver was there, but she's. Yeah, you can you can do okay. it. Go ahead. All right. right next. That Number- was awful. <laughs> I'm like sweating. <laughs> so hot in here. Uh, it's really not as freezing. All right. Number two. Is your glass half empty or half full? Oh, probably half empty. Really? Yeah. Like, I'm so quick to... And it's not because I'm negative. I just see all the things that need to be fixed. Oh. Uh, so I'm like, hey, it's half empty. We should fill it up. Gotcha. So I think if I'm going to go, that would probably be what I'd say. Patricia Heaton. You can't. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to that. I'll never look at her the same again. I know. Sigourney Weaver, really? <laughs> She's from Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Glass. Uh, refillable. Oh, mm. okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Was that an option? Can you pick option <laughs> B, C? I've never looked at it as half empty, half full. I've always looked at it as being refillable. So if it's half empty, like it can be refilled. And yeah. if it's half full, like... It's it can be used even more. Right. So okay, last one. Uh, what do you say that sounds just like your mom or dad? Oh. So one thing you say all the time sounds like, and yeah. you can pick either mom or dad. Um. Oh. <laughs> trying to think. You go first because I need to think. Sounds just like mom or dad. Uh, what do I say? Oh, uh, my dad. All the, uh, like my dad's my stepdad. Yeah. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um. So more is caught than taught. He's oh, okay. he said that for years. But um, I have picked up so much from him that he does where I will tell uh, – this happens on Wednesday night almost every every Wednesday. I'll tell little kids jokes that he has told me forever. <laughs> My dad – I just saw him on um, Saturday, yeah. and uh, he – we were sitting there talking theology of all things, which we always do. And he looks at me and goes, you want to hear a joke? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dad, what's up? And he's like, what did the guy say to the librarian at the library? I don't know. I was like, I don't know. He's like, I want a steak. And he's he's like, what the librarian say back to the guy? This is a library. So what'd he say? I want a steak. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> he thought it was so funny. I'm gonna tell every little kid that oh, joke. You need to tell Jordan because next he week. loves jokes and so he funny. laughs. Um, I would think I think it's my mom was big on like can't is it a word like uh, you can um, yeah. keep going like she she is the reason I. Um, just have the perseverance and the determination. It's, she's why a lot of why we say, you know, Crawlman's never give up because yeah. she's just instilled that in us. But yeah, can't wasn't a word in our home. Who do you sound more yeah. like, your mom or your dad? Uh, probably my mom. Mm. Uh, I wish. Like sometimes I'm like, I want to be like dad. Yeah. I love my yeah. mom. Like she's amazing. Yeah. She's my best friend, but she is a little crazy sometimes. And then I'm realizing that's me. <laughs> It's the worst. You look at you Becoming like, my mother. Uh, I'm just like you. Bethany's her mom. Oh. One She's exactly you, like her mom. Love you to death. <laughs> we were doing, we do these questions sometimes with the kids at the table and uh, we said something. There was a question like about mom or dad or whatever the case was. And um, I said, I, I said, girls, your, your mom is just like grandma. And they're like, no, duh. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to really know the truth, just ask your kids. They'll tell oh, you. Yeah. They know. I took a long look at Gail before I married Bethany because I knew like that's exactly what oh, Bethany's going to be I, like. Yes. But I think that, you know, I think that's something that's for real. Like if yeah. you're not married, consider not saying you're always like your your spouse's parents or they're always like their parents. But there's Close. a lot that mm-hmm. um, unless you really work to overcome it. Yeah. Who's Matt more like? Um, his mom. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> she just kind of like, whatever, go with the flow, All nothing serious. Up. And yeah. 
Patricia Heaton. Ah. <laughs> that was the first person that came to mind. She's, oh my goodness. Now she's I'm never so going to watch that. bitey. Yeah. She's so bitey. You know she's a believer though. I did not know that. Yeah, big time. See, there you go. Like two reasons why. She's in, uh, she's in Mom's Night Out. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. she is. I forgot. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, my kids love it. Yeah. Like hard push for Mom's Night Out. Like they think it's so good. That's funny. Yeah, so good. And uh, yeah, she was an advocate for a long time for... Um, uh, like some some causes, like believer causes, okay. if you will. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, she wasn't nice to Raymond, that's for sure. No, and I wouldn't. Yeah, it was more just the like, this is the way, and we're doing it this way. Like that's my mom, very mm-hmm. like I have a plan, and we're gonna follow the plan. Which is probably why I am that way, and my brother. Like we're all three very much like this is the way we're doing things. There's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond called. Um, I just you, I just made that one word. I just said everybody loves Raymond in one word. You everybody did, loves like, Raymond. One, yeah. <laughs> But it's called Bad Moon Rising. It's Bethany's favorite episode. <laughs> it's where they leave the uh, suitcase on the steps and they play yes. the game of... <laughs> I love that episode. Love it. So <laughs> it is a story of our life in it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's like, like seven sermon illustrations oh, in there. yeah. <laughs> that right. is a good episode. Moving uh, on. All right, we're rolling. All right. Uh, leading others. Yes. By Mac Lake. Others. Okay. I keep getting it confused with leading leaders because leading leaders are leading others, whatever, same thing. It's not the same thing. It is it's not. Close the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's close. This is an interesting <clears throat> chapter because um, for those of you that don't know, uh, we traveled up to Minnesota. Was it yes. Minnesota? Yes. Yeah, Minnesota. Um, spent four um, three-day sessions mm-hmm. with Mac and uh, a couple other church leaders yep. and stuff like that. And um, we were... Uh, we we worked through leading others. We worked through leading leaders. We 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 worked through a lot of this stuff, um, and then came back and implemented it in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were doing these, what were they, what is it called? Uh, cohorts. Cohorts. We were yeah. doing these cohorts with Mac. And uh, one of the neat things that came out of um, those cohorts uh, was we would go, we would meet, and then we would come back, implement, and then go back right. and talk through some of that stuff. It was really a cool way to learn. I remember very vividly, and I don't know if you do as well, but I think this module that or chapter, if you will, that we're going through, I think this was a hard one for you. Oh yeah, I hate to delegate. <laughs> Awful. Well, and and it was it, it was a change of of leadership. I think it was it was hard for all of us, but it's it's sh- it's such a shift in perspective mm-hmm. um, because, and we're, we're going to talk about it too. But um, how do we continue to do what we love to do? Right. Well, we empower other people to do what needs to be done. And I think that was the hardest part was um, we felt a lot of times when we worked through this um, this chapter and some of this material that we were losing a piece of, of who we were mm-hmm. uh, and what we love to do when we delegated over. So just, just hold that in your minds because we're going to get there in a second. But um, this chapter talks about empowering other people and empowering those people around you, especially with your teams. Mm-hmm. And Max starts out the chapter and he says, a leader makes a critical transition from doing what needs to be done to empowering others to do what needs to be done. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. You I said, mean, uh, would you add anything, take uh, away anything to it? Um, I don't know. No, I mean, no, because he wrote the book and he's really smart and I've listened to him talk on leadership. Well, but it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, because he goes on and he says, you know, an effective team realize that everyone has ownership mm-hmm. and everyone's part of it. And I think that's what empowering your team does. It, provides opportunities for everybody to just buy in a little bit more so with that said even in the beginning 
before that sentence, he says that um, I don't mean that a leader is inactive. So right. when you have other people who are functioning around you and doing things, do you ever get the comment, you're not doing anything? Like like things are happening and transpiring and, and kind of going all over the place. And, and somebody looks at you and goes, have you ever had that happen where somebody looks at you and goes, well, what do you do? No. <laughs> Not really. Um, and I think I 100% believe you need to empower your teams. I don't necessarily do it well. Right. But I also 100% believe you have to be a servant leader. And so sometimes that means while you're going to empower, you're also going to come alongside. What would you say to somebody who who yeah, gets that, that comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, hey, this is me. I, I've empowered all my leaders. And then one of them came back yeah. and said, what do you do? Then I think you I guess I would question should you be doing something else then yeah is there a spot you're missing at you he talks about in this chapter you're going to empower but you're not going to walk away you're Mm going to walk alongside so if you've empowered and walked away you've just delegated yeah and I think there is a difference I think that um, it's a fine line between like I'm just going to have you do this he talks about different types of um, empowering or delegation whatever you're going to do task care well, I'm sure we'll run them later, but um, like if you've just given over task, great, mm-hmm. neat. Then you are just uh, like be careful with that. But if you're walking alongside someone, yeah, um, you're checking in with them often. Then they're still gonna feel your presence, even if you're not the one completing whatever it is you're completing. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it almost sounds like if somebody's telling telling you that, you should be very concerned yeah. because they don't see you doing anything. Yeah, and. That if if you give away a task and you're saying, hey, can you help me with this? And that person knows that you're busy. Yeah. And so they're like, if that helps lighten your load, but it also gives me the opportunity to contribute and to participate, mm-hmm. then I'm all for it. A lot of times it almost feels like people don't take those tasks and responsibilities because they look at it and they go, well, what are you going to do? Right. You know what I mean? If I do this, mm-hmm. then then what what does that free you up to do? You know, like, are you just going to go home and right. watch everybody loves Raymond? Right. <laughs> But I I think that's hard because um, sometimes people won't, and and maybe this is just in in my world, but I think sometimes people won't take a responsibility because they wonder what Mm -hmm. that responsibility is getting replaced with in your Mm -hmm. world. Yeah. You know, like, okay, if I do this, what what are you going to do? Right. Well, I think he addresses this a little bit later in the chapter of how to empower people, and it's this idea of... um, like, oh, man, he's, I'm just going to flip to it because I will totally butcher it. But he says, you know, as you're doing it, explain explain supportively and delegate discerningly, um, mm-hmm. direct clearly, communicate regularly. You're still part of that process. And so I think that's really important when you're working to empower someone that you, you're saying, hey, I see – I see you and I see the gifts God has given you and I think you will excel at this. Mm-hmm. I'd like for you to do this. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to check in regular regularly and then I, we're going to evaluate at the end. So there's, while you're as a leader, I may not be doing it. That person is, but I'm still a presence. How's it going? What do you need from me? How can I help you? And I think that's the difference between delegating and empowering is you as a leader are still part of that process. So do you think some of the way to avoid that that statement is to help people see their worth and what you're asking them to do yeah. instead of just looking at it and saying, hey, this is a task that I need yeah. completed. Yeah. You're, you're, you obviously are, 
I don't want to use the the term more gifted than I am because sometimes people aren't, you right. know what I mean? But they're able just right. because you're not fully gifted doesn't mean you're not able. Mm-hmm. We haven't just developed those gifts. Right. We have to develop those gifts to get you to be in that spot. Um, but capable, yeah. you know, you kind of alluded to that a little mm-hmm. bit and you're capable of doing that. Um, what if somebody looks at that and they don't see that as being important? Uh, they look at like, you know, like a good leader prioritizes important things. So you've prioritized those important things and you've prioritized people that need to participate in doing those things. We're going to delegate those things over. Uh, if you're going to push it, um, I don't want to say push it over either. That's mm-hmm. me. But if you're going to um, delegate this over and you're looking at a person that's there and they don't see, you know, um, them being able to do that or maybe they look at you and they say well you're more competent to be able to do that why wouldn't you do that why do you have me do that what's what's the response there um i think it i think it starts with saying why am i delegating this task Mm -hmm. why am i why am i choosing this person and so it's going back to kind of the very basics of um i could i complete it 100 Mm percent could i complete it faster absolutely but i'm asking you because i want to help you grow in this area and ultimately I want to help you have a closer walk with Jesus Christ and Mm -hmm. so sometimes that is me pushing you a little bit out of your comfort um, so that you have to rely on him so I think if you like can kind of get to the nitty-gritty of why you are doing this at first and if you're just pushing that task over because you don't have time for it Mm -hmm. then you're not really empowering that person Hmm. that's about you but if I want to empower someone I'm looking at it going, this is something that I think could you could be really good at with a little bit of help. Can I come alongside and just help you soar in this area? Yeah. So. Hmm. Anyways, it's, it's just it, uh, what I've learned in in church world and what I, maybe maybe it's more of just what I see in church world is I think sometimes people, when we delegate things over, first of all, feel like it's being delegated over. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't want to do this. You just want me to do it. Right. And all of these are probably most likely my fault you know what I mean like like I've made that person feel like this is this is minor or whatever the case is or or something that I just didn't want to do and then number two I look at it and I say not only is is that the problem but um you know looking at it and saying I could do this mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm gonna let you do it you know what I mean and then they feel even more small because they're like oh okay it's it is so much in the approach it is so much in the how you go about the words matter we say that a lot words matter and the words you use to I think it it, I think you have to change from I'm not delegating I I am empowering Mm -hmm. we all want to be empowered we all want to have this sense of importance like we really do we probably shouldn't but we do and so like let's let's go with that let's say you know this is you have the ability to do this um it is a little bit of, and don't make it false. They'll know if it's false. If they're terrible at public speaking and you're like, I think you would be great standing up here and teaching. Let's preach. They're like, <laughs> uh, do you know me? Like, don't be false about it. But that's where as a leader, when we genuinely care about helping to mold and shape others, mm-hmm. I think that's part of our responsibility. Yeah, he alludes to it a little bit. He said, with, with empowerment, you tell the individual why you are giving them a specific task and you express confidence in their abilities. Mm-hmm. You tie it to their strengths and gifting then you give them the responsibility and authority. Empowering someone indicates that you're placing a high degree of trust in them, and that increases their own confidence in their contribution. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so important. As you look at somebody, you have to speak into specifics. Uh, this is why we have job descriptions mm-hmm. at Community Gospel for things that we do. 
Um, you have to have confidence. Hey, I know that maybe this is going to be a struggle um, for a season for you, but but I think in the end you could grow here, mm-hmm. um, which everybody wants to learn and grow. It's it's right in line with your strengths and with your gifting. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling people that you're helping me out. Yeah. Like, Hey, you're, you're totally giving me the opportunity to uh, focus more. I tell people this a lot when I, when I delegate, I'm like, you have given me 10 more minutes to study, you know, or whatever the case is to, to really, you know, go back and, and help you, you know, and your responsibilities too. And you give me more time to figure out how much more effective Mm -hmm. you could be in this spot, you know, which, which gives them confidence and, and contribution. When you look at delegating, um, what if somebody, because he didn't really talk about this a little bit, but what if somebody comes up to you and knows there's a task, you have a specific individual for that task, but a different individual comes up and you're like, oh no, like, uh, do you just tell them no? I think it's going to depend a lot on the task. (laughs) You know, I ask so-and-so to pick up chairs and you want to help too. Great. You can all do it. I think it goes into, and man, I'm not going to be able to find it as we're talking. It's like, Um, it's like you're you're in a group, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey guys, we need somebody to lead this small group. And that one person that looks at you goes, I'll do it. You're like, not you or (laughs) anybody else, anybody else in this room that could help us out. Yeah. I don't even remember where he talks about it in here, but he talks about there's different types of there's tasks. There's, um, there's care, there's decision-making like there's, I think depending on what it is, um, is sometimes, yeah, you can plug them in right away. And sometimes there's a level of, I need to know you mm-hmm. before I'm going to empower you, before I'm going to release more control. And he kind of talks about it in this, um, in the book where he says, you know, there, the more you know someone and the more you trust someone, the more you're able as a leader to kind of let go of control. And I get that completely. When I started with youth, when I came in, I did not know my team at all. Right. Like that was not a group. And they of were people. handed to you. They were. They were not my. They, they were a group of team that existed. And I came in. I didn't know them. I didn't know how they functioned. And it was a lot of like, I'm just gonna run with things for a little bit mm-hmm. because I don't know you and you don't know me and we need to learn to trust each other. Right. But as the trust has grown now, like, oh my gosh, I can sit back and they do a ton of it. And they are so, I hope that they feel empowered because they're helping make and are making a lot of the decisions for us um, to the point that it's even some decisions I probably wouldn't have made, but I'm like, great, let's go with it. Yeah. So as you are, so all that to say, if I don't know the person, I'm probably not going to hand over that control. And that so would you look at them and be like, hey, we need to, maybe maybe let's talk about what yeah. that looks like, uh, yep. not in a public setting. Yep. Maybe for us as leaders, it's learning, don't bring that up in a group. Yeah. You know, if you're looking for someone specific, like. Have that conversation. Is it okay to keep some of those things to the chest? I think so. I think it's also okay to say like. I think these are, I don't think these are in big group conversations. Right. I think these are one-on-one conversations because this is going to be a personal thing that I see something in you and I'm going to walk alongside you. And if I'm just like open it up to Joe Schmo and the group, like maybe that's not your giftedness. So mm-hmm. I do think empowering, again, I think it's different than delegation. So is there ever a time when we can just put like, hey, these are the, the spots that we mm-hmm. need filled out to like general population or no? I think if it's a task, just depends on what it is. A, a task, like what you would say, this is something that needs completed. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I think probably if it goes into like deeper levels 
of responsibility, then I think you have to be very careful. Yeah. The the only thing that keeps popping into my mind that is um, that we do here is uh, if you want to be on worship team. Yeah. Like you have to go through an audition. Mm-hmm. And I know some people, that's really hard for them. Like they're yeah. like, I don't understand why I have to audition. I want to sing. Yeah, but we're not singing in the congregation. Like right. we're singing on stage with the microphones. There's a difference here. It's a specific gift set. Um, yep. You know, and we're not saying you have to be, you know, um, this high quality person. Right. We're not we're not saying that at all. We're just saying that you need to be somewhat educated and intelligent on on these things because if not you're going to be more detrimental to the group than you are going to be you know contributing to the group when you help somebody see that they're detrimental like how do you do that without deflating Ah, them very tactfully (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um because there's nothing worse right like you you look at somebody and you you walk through it and you're like hey i think you'd be good at this and then all of a sudden like you were off you know and and i was off or whatever the case is and you go oh man i own that because i've had that happen where i thought someone would just excel in a position and mm-hmm. i thought this is gonna be so good right and it was not it didn't work out and so i came alongside and i'm like okay i'm gonna help you even more and i'm gonna give you even more tools and it still just was not and at the end of the year we had a conversation and then basically i asked a lot of questions and through that the person was able to say this was not this wasn't good right like i and she recognized that. So I think that's where empowering comes. Like you go in, you think this is going to work. You walk alongside them. You give them the tools that they need. If it works, great. You've just developed another leader in this position. That's amazing. If it doesn't work, then you help them see that. And I, we're real big on like, you're not going to, so go back in, to the worship thing. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who cannot sing a note, doesn't hear a pitch, a tune, nothing. We're not going to look at them and go, you have an amazing voice. But like, we've done it. Like, not, church, not we've done we, The church, right. the church and has done do. that in the past. And so, but we don't. And I think there's, like, that's okay. Like, be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, And a lot of times I'm going, I'm doing this kind of, like, I have a teen that really wants to sing. And I'm like, oh. Hey. And I'm like, you're just, you're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, let's work through some of these other things first. Let's try some of these other avenues. Maybe we can plug you in where you are gifted, you know? Right. So I think it's just helping you. And you do that by asking a lot of questions. Right. By getting them to kind of self, self-reveal. self If they don't, then I do think that's where just sometimes being a leader is hard. And you have to have that hard conversation. Yeah. I remember when uh, American Idol first came out and uh, everybody like hated Simon Cowell. Right. And I was like, I love him. Yeah. And, um, you know, a couple a couple of comments were, I, I don't understand how you could love that guy. I was like, he's just telling the truth. Yeah. Maybe not in the nicest way. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, yeah, like some of that, you know, right. maybe because of where he's from or his background or whatever right. cases. But I loved it. And I was like, that is exactly what the church needs is people to look at people and, and practice that tough love and say, hey, because it was funny. Nobody saw it at the start, but he would tell people like, other things he saw in them. He's like, he's like, you know what? At this, you're God awful. I don't know if I'd say God awful in the church. You know what right. I mean? I don't know if I'd go that so that far as it, but he'd be like, maybe this isn't where you're, you should be participating in. And the sad thing was everybody was so deflated over that. And I thought you're deflated because you've been lied to your whole life. And the, this is the first person that has, right. you know, that's looking at you and telling you the truth. And Max says it a little bit, but, 
you know, he talks about the disciples and the fact that Jesus recruited all these ordinary guys. But here's the deal. We're not Jesus. Right. And Jesus knew the outcome. He understood those things. He knew that these guys were going to be great. And you can debate that with me if you want. But he's still Jesus, you know. And there's times when we, we, we're going to fail, where we're, we're going to implement something over and somebody's going to look at us and go, you know, like, we just messed up, mm-hmm. you know. And in those situations, is it best to just own that, you know, and, and call a spade a spade or, you know, when do you know to, to try it again, maybe, or, or when do you, to cut it off and put them in a different spot? Like that's so hard. Yeah. That takes a lot of discernment and I don't even know that there's a pat answer to that, but I think that's, oh man, just as a leader, you have, I think you need to give it due diligence. If you felt, if you felt led to walk alongside this person, don't give up right away. It's going to be messy and it's going to be dirty and they're not going to do it. It's going to be slower. They're not going to do it like you would do it. And they might not do it even as well as you would do it. Like be willing to give the process a little bit of time if you put thought into this person. But if you get to the end of that time and you go, this just really didn't work. Yeah. Don't be afraid to pull the plug and go. Oftentimes I found with people that I put in positions that that didn't really fit them Number one, they knew that it was a struggle the entire time. And number two, they're like, you know what? That wasn't my giftedness, but man, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And so then you're finding where they're passionate at and you're putting them in a position that they, they really do enjoy. Yeah. Um, if ministry and if serving, I said this to someone the other day, I'm like, if it's always heavy and always burdensome, maybe you're not in the place that God wants you to yeah. be. And yeah. so... Um, I mean, there are times and there are seasons that ministry and serving and working for the Lord and being in the church is hard. Right. Like, and that, that's just life. That's just a rough season. But if it's always that way, like mm-hmm. you think you really need to evaluate, are you where God has called you to be? Are you taking on a calling that's not yours? It almost sounds like the discipleship model needs to be present here. Like Absolutely. that, you know, um, I do, you mm-hmm. watch, I do, you help you do it, I'm going to help you do it, then I'm going to watch. When we delegate tasks, I think sometimes we miss those first two Absolutely. steps. So we just delegate a task, and we're like, right now we're we're in this, um, uh, it's, a, it's just a conversation right now. Nothing's manifested over it. But um, for years, um, I've just slowly been kind of praying about what it looks like for announcements, like getting people from the congregation to come up and do what I do, you know? so You hate announcements. I, it's not that I hate them. I just... <laughs> They're like <laughs> I'm constantly going back them. to there's there's Bethany and I do this almost every single week. We go back, we look at the service and we go, okay, was there too much Jordan and Bethany in this, in, in this, you know, like I know already that I'm going to get 40 minutes of people's time. Like mm-hmm. that's what we've allotted to preaching and teaching. And, and that's important, you know, but <clears throat> the rest of it, um, we can, we can let people participate, you know, or whatever the case is in that. And, uh, we just we we're we're talking about what it looks like to bring people up, and I said before I even um, started that conversation, I I prefaced it with they have to smile, they have to be warm faces, they have to be very uh, loving, concise, you know, um, really running through all these things because this is the first impression mm-hmm. that we have for for people who are coming in the door, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the service for the parishioners that are already present, you know. And so establishing those mm-hmm. um, parameters right. before we we let people up there, 
we used to just be like, yeah, you could do announcements, go ahead. And then all of a sudden they would do it and you were like, that was a train wreck. And it's like, cause we never, you know, Hey, why I've been doing this for a while. You've been watching mm-hmm. now. Why don't you come up and help, you know, and let's just see how you do up here. And then after that, like, then maybe I'll just stand up there and let you do it. And then after that, like, mm-hmm. after you feel like this is, this is good, you know, or whatever the case is, you don't need me up there anymore, you know? Um, but I, but I think that's hard because so oftentimes to go back to it, we just let people, we're just like, Hey, I think you'd be good at this. Um, call me when you're done. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and let me know that it's done. And I expect it to be done with excellence. And right. they're like, uh, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So I just, uh, that discipleship model, I wish he would have put it in like mid chapter. Like this is how you uh, equip somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you want something done, you need to help people out until they can do it by themselves. So anyway. Um, all right. Then he talks about um, why leaders resist empowering their team. I think that's pretty much a duh. I don't know if you got anything from that or not. but I mean, I was like, yes. Yeah, like I walked <laughs> I through there and I was like, that's pretty much it. And then he got into um, <clears throat> uh, what, we're, what I was talking about when we first started, like talking about this chapter, and that is – so you and I go to Minnesota. We went with a couple other people on our team. We started learning about all this stuff. And here was the hard thing because he said, um, essentially, <laughs> when you start delegating over, and Mac's really big on this. He wants you to delegate things that you're good at. Um, yeah, I still don't like it. <laughs> so tough. Um, when is it? And here's my question. And we're going to go back and forth on this. I already know it because it's just, I think we're still wrestling with it. Not just you and I, just teams in general are wrestling with this. You find something you're good at, you do a great job at it. And now all of a sudden, like you sit there and you think to yourself, do I give this away Mm -hmm. or do I keep this? Um, I don't know if there's any specific examples that, you know, creep up when, when we were doing this at the first start at the start of this. But, um, is there anything, the question on the table is, is there anything that you should hold on to and not delegate? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know we'll be back <laughs> we have a timeout. this is where we throw in the flag yeah. and are like hold on a second i don't know let me turn the question to you i mean you've been hired as the pastor of our church right to preach <laughs> and to shepherd what of that can you delegate yeah so i get this question probably once every two years is do your elders preach I, I get it all the time. Like, and it, it creeps up more and more. And, um, some of it is just culture. Like, yeah. like in our culture here in, in Midwest Indiana, there are a significant amount of churches where elders preach. Um, what I've learned is those elders who preach, uh, often don't, don't exegetically preach the right. Bible. They, they get up and give something that talks looks like a know. sermon. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 30 minute time when they get up and, right. and talk about Jesus or whatever the case opinions. is. Um, I do equip and empower other guys who I know can preach to come in. So there's seasons. So I I prefer like every six to eight weeks to have a guy come in and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. either highlight our series or, or whatever the case is. I think that's there. I think, I think that's, that's a specialty. Um, and that's a God given gift that I have to be really careful with because that's, that's where, I don't want to say that that's where I shouldn't delegate, 
but that's what somebody has delegated over to me. And so what am I supposed to do with that? Do I, do I give that away or do I, you know? Yeah. So I wrestle with it because I love to teach. I totally stumbled Um, over that by the way. You did, but it's okay (laughs) because I like that you stumbled over it because it's something I wrestle with. Like Mm -hmm. I love, I love to teach. I love, I mean, I'm not preaching. I'm a woman, like Mm -hmm. I'm not getting up with, but the kids, oh, I love to teach the kids. And I really wrestled with, do I need to give that up? Yeah. Um, Do I need to be equipping others? Now we have a multitude of teachers at our church for kids. Right. Um, So many, but there's a group that I love. It's, it, it just is a blast. I have so much fun with them. Do I give that up? I think the question is you have to hold every, first you have to hold everything loose. Like this isn't yours, this is God's. Mm-hmm. So if he has placed on your heart someone that you need to rise up in this um, position, be aware of that. You know, we're not all preachers. And there's a level of um, uh, responsibility that you have mm-hmm. from God even that we do not right. in working and serving anywhere else in the church. So I think that is, you know, the first like thing to realize is unless you're the pastor of the church, like, <laughs> you, I don't know. And even at that, you know, we're all replaceable. Right. Um, but you're not necessarily called in this moment to bring up your replacement. Yeah. Um, in the positions that I'm in, I should always be looking at that. Like, who is it that could, that we could raise up in these different areas? So I don't know. Do you have to delegate everything? I don't know. Should you be looking for who you could possibly? Mm-hmm. Um, I wrestle with it of, I did. I del- I felt like, okay, I'm going to empower some other people to do some teaching on another night. It didn't work. Right. And uh, multiple comments from multiple people of, they just miss seeing you. Right. You know, and going, okay, this is an area that I need to be present at as the head of this ministry and can now I'm going to have a couple other people teach in a few weeks and mm-hmm. work them, but they're not going to be the main person. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question at all. I think you just have to be, I think there are certain things that maybe you have been empowered to do. So take that. After like listening to you and, and giving it some more thought, here's, here's what I would probably land on if I was pushed into a corner. I think your current giftedness defines your um, future position. Okay. So let's just, let's just take it into preaching and teaching. So if, if I have been given the authority to, to preach mm-hmm. and, uh, my other gifts are administration. Yeah. If my administration gift starts to excel past preaching and teaching and I get this awareness where I'm like, you know what? Like preaching and teaching is not there. It's, it's there. I can do it, mm-hmm. but I could administrate to where to the point where we could have four campuses or yeah. five campuses or whatever the case is. If I could just take myself out of the preaching and teaching position, that is is a hard place to be because when you get into that spot, one has to leave yeah. in order for the other one to oh. thrive. <clears throat> yeah. Now the 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 opposite is true, right? So yeah. if I'm preaching and teaching, and that is is continuing to move forward, and and that's getting validated, people are coming around right. being like, being like, I just I just love hearing you preach. I I, I learn when you you, you yeah. preach, you know, whatever the case is. But the administration side is failing. Mm-hmm. Now you look at it and go, well, maybe I need to hire in this mm-hmm. or delegate in. It's not yeah. always a hire. Right. Um. Somebody who could ad- administrate better than I could. Right. And that's where humility comes in because I have to take a back seat mm-hmm. now and I have to go, 
I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. We need to hire this or we need to implement this. This, on the other hand, uh, I'm doing okay with. And I think the really uncomfortable spot for both of us is when you do two or three things really well and you know the one thing you do with excellence, it takes a massive amount of humility Mm -hmm. to let those other two things go and give them over to people because then it's not going to look the way that you wanted it to look. And that's, that's probably one of the scariest things for me is, is I look at it as the church continues to grow and I go as these giftedness that I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, were really going to constantly be up there and excel. Those need to be given over to other people and those other people need to be given the ability to function in those gifts and I need to kind of, we say it all the time in the office, but stay in my lane. Right. And man, that's just, <clears throat> that's tough. Oh, it's incredibly hard. And it's also, it's just not easy to figure out what that is either. I mean, it, like you said, it takes a massive amount of humility to say, I'm going to back out of this. Mm-hmm. And this confidence in the people then that you are equipping and I don't know. That's why I said you have to hold everything super loose. Yeah. Like your hands have to be so wide open with anything, anything in general, but especially in the church, I think, just holding things so loosely and saying, yeah, I do this well, but could someone else do it better? Yeah. And different doesn't mean worse. Different could mean better. It yeah. could mean just as well. And recognizing that. Um, but this is, I don't know, this, this whole chapter is hard for me. I don't. I like to be in control, <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I, I, I'll give you an example. I have a buddy of mine. He's a subpar preacher. He can do it. Don't get me wrong, and he's good at it. But his real gifts are um, developing other people and mm. putting him into positions that he's in. Like, he just he just does it so well. And I, I asked him the other day, I said, does that ever get tiring to you? And he's like, I love it. He's like, there's nothing better than me mm. doing a position for just a small period of time knowing full well that I'm going to give this over and then that other person's just going to thrive. And I was like, yeah, but like they get the glory. And he looked at me and he goes, no, 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 God gets the glory. And it was, it was a big heart check because he's like, it's not about, and that's, I think that's the hard part is when you give over and you delegate over something like, let's just say administration to somebody else and they thrive in it you you do have this this element where people stop looking at you and they mm-hmm. stop paying attention to you and now they're paying attention to something else and that's where you have to really just say but I'm going to stay on yep. and and I think some of that to be fully transparent is a lie because I don't think people stop looking at you I don't it, it's a team effort everybody wins you know like we used to say this all the time um when when you win I win mm-hmm. and when I win you win you know like there's not this spirit of competition. Yesterday, for example, Thanksgiving, like uh, you're in you're in house. Bethany's sitting right behind you, and that's the team. Mm-hmm. You know, like you had a piece. Bethany had a piece. I had a piece, and it was like it wasn't like this. Well, I'm gonna do this, and right. and okay, all the attention's on me, and now we're gonna take that off you, and then we're gonna put it on yeah. this. You know, or whatever the case is, it's 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 being comfortable and okay with other people are doing doing things in with excellence. Yeah. Um. But I think that's a hard part of delegation is somebody else is going to uh, a buddy of mine just told me this the other day he said it it doesn't mean we love you any less it means that we love that that this is moving forward mm-hmm. and we love we love everybody who's a part yeah. of it you know well i think that's where as a leader you have to be so cautious with checking your heart often and mm-hmm. going 
am I doing this so that people look at me or am I doing this so that people look at God? And if, if we're not, then that's on us, you know, like then you need to, you need to change. (laughs) Like you just, you need to, you need to check your heart. But if you are, and when you keep your eyes around to see who would best be used in each position that I'm doing and what has God called me to do? Like Mm -hmm. what part of my job am I, has he equipped me best? And what part is he saying, go equip someone else? Yeah. But this whole chapter is discipleship. Like I just it read really this is. chapter. Yeah, and yeah. This chapter, if I am concerned. Relabeled. About, yeah. The heart and the, the growth of my team. How can I not want to do this? Because this entire chapter, when you serve, when you work together, you're working to the Lord mm-hmm. together and you're growing in your relationship with the Lord as you do these things. And, that's what I should desire for my team. So if I'm here to disciple my teams, this should not be as hard as it yeah. sometimes is. He dove into it a little bit. You know, it's it's the core of delegation is humility. Yeah, I really think it is. I think because when you delegate something over at the start of our conversation, it probably sounded like I'm doing I'm giving this to you so that you can accomplish a task for me. That's not it. I'm giving yeah. this to you so that you can accomplish a task that's in your giftedness and you can do it with more excellence than I can. Yeah. And when you do that with excellence, not only are you going to um, be edified, but the church is going to mm-hmm. be edified and, and the team is going to be edified. And I think if we could wrap our minds around that, sometimes we want all the limelight to be on us. And we're like, you know what? The reason that I'm going to do this right now is because at the core of it, I think you could tell yourself whatever you want. You could tell yourself like, hey, mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing this because it's it's faster and it's easier. But sometimes if I'm really honest, I have a really heart to heart with Jordan, like you're selfish mm-hmm. because you're not going to give that over and you're going to keep that for yourself because you think you can do better than everybody else can. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Um or maybe it is the case, but you're still called to walk and equip them. Right. Like you might be more gifted in that area than that other person. Yeah. Forever. That you're just good at it. But how cool is it? Like your buddy who he gets, he's good at what he does, but he gets to empower others and they get to be good too. Mm-hmm. And that's just one more person going out, serving the Lord and their giftedness to make Christ known. He loves it. Like it's it. And, and listening to him talk about it, you can tell like he genuinely loves it. He's like, no, I'll I'll do something mundane for a while, you know, knowing full well that I'm just waiting and and discipling somebody else to put them in that position. And then they're going to do that. And then I'm going to back off and I'm like, you just leave. And he's like, well, that's exactly what I was supposed to do. And I was like, whoa, that's like, you know, and, and this is the, this is some of the stuff we push, whether it's in children's or youth or small groups or stuff like that. I mean, we push this all the time where we're saying, Hey, you can lead like small groups, for example, you can lead effectively as a small group leader, but we know that there's other leaders in your group. Mm -hmm. And what we want you to do is we want you to develop that leader in your group so that your group multiplies. It's going to be hard because there's going to be these certain amount of people that are going to go start another group. But you have to view that as a success. Absolutely. And you got to let them go. I, that's, I, I am so all about multiplication. Like, mm-hmm. if you can take what you do, and if I'm doing it, and the person I've empowered doing it now, we're hitting twice as many people. Right. Like, that is just, that's the mission of the church, yeah. I think. And I think we miss the mark when we keep it to ourselves because, yeah, like you said, we're selfish and less people are hearing about Jesus when we act that way. Yeah. It's, it's just tough. All right. Um, Looking at like, and he gives some really, uh, I don't want to say that we didn't hit the, the, 
the second side of the chapter because because we did but i think the second side is more practical than the first side um or yeah the second side is more practical than the first side the first side uh, some questions kind of arise out of there but like i mean he talks about five things to give your team which to me are just no-brainers mm-hmm. and it does and then he talks about how to kind of put this into practice and uh, some tangible ways um as you look at that just what what's kind of a big takeaway we have leaders listening. We have people yeah. who are leading teams, leading other people, um, maybe individually, and maybe they're holding on to something, you know, or mm-hmm. or or maybe they're they're thinking some of the things that that we thought. What are maybe the big two things for you that came out where you're like, don't forget about this? Yeah, um, I think the first thing is, as a leader, rem- remember we've said it before it's about relationships and it's building those relationships. It's about discipleship. Mm -hmm. And so when, as a leader, when I can remember, yes, I'm leading you to accomplish whatever it is. Our goal is within this specific ministry. But when I see when I remember really as a leader, I'm leading you to grow closer, closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that becomes my priority. And it doesn't always, cause I think I've got all these things I have to do, but when I can get back to the main thing, which is that, Mm -hmm empowering becomes a little bit easier because then I see the way that I'm empowering you helps you grow in your walk mm. with the Lord. And so I, yeah, I think it's so kind of a per- perception. It change. is. It's a math. It is. It's saying I'm not as worried about the task and I'm worried about who you are and your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think you're amazing for this task. Mm-hmm. And so it's changing that perspective. Um, he talked about it in the beginning of the chapter where what we think is urgent maybe isn't as important and what we think or what we know is important but isn't as urgent. We say it a lot, you know, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and yet like we need to stop mm-hmm. and <laughs> we need to say like what is really important. Mm-hmm. And I was challenged very much so of stop. Like, yes, you have a massive to-do list and taking the time that you need to train this person, it's time I don't have, but I need to make it. And mm-hmm. so schedule that time in. Yeah. Um, this is my empowering box. <laughs> I'm going right, to, right, right. I'm going to check it off <clears throat> my list. And so, yeah, I think. Yeah. Build that, that into your schedule. Do. Like put that on your to-do list. Absolutely. So those would be my two things. Hmm. <clears throat> um, Man, I don't know. I I think we started moving in one direction and it and it changed to another direction and I'm I'm totally okay with that. I think that and and that's what uh, this process is all about. It's I think you start with it's kind of what you're saying if I if I'm understanding you right. There's you start with I have this that I need to give over mm-hmm. to somebody else. I'm going to give it over to them just just to give it over to them. You know, like cuz it gets it off my back. But change that perspective to I'm giving this to you because it's really going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. That's super tough for not, not just myself, but I think any leader because you're equipping somebody to be, to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think in the, in the core of humanity, um, this is going to be so like, mm. this is going to sound so bad. I don't think we want others to succeed. Mm. Um, I think we want others to succeed just um, to the point where we're succeeding, but do not exceed that mm. success. And I do think there's a rare group of people out there who um, love when other people succeed more than they do. But man, I think in our sinful human like souls, as long as you're not doing better than I am, then we're okay. And as believers, we have to change that mentality. Right. Like 
we have to get to the point where we're like, um, where we love seeing people succeed, right. you know, and, and being okay with not getting the credit for that. Well, I gave that person that task or I let them do that, you know, like, and I know it sounds so, so stupid, but like, even like something with announcements, I've had to change my perspective to, I really am hoping and praying that God equips and brings up, you know, three or four people that could do this with excellence where that really attach themselves mm-hmm. to the congregation. And it's an avenue where people will participate in whatever we're announcing or, or, um, feel welcome and connected to the church because of that, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it's to me, it's so minor and, and minuscule, but it's not to somebody mm-hmm. else. It's, it's huge. It's a massive experience. <clears throat> right. So I, th- I think you have to just really search your heart and say, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? We say it, we said it on Sunday, but you need a primary and a secondary. Mm-hmm. And, um, some of us have that third, fourth, fifth thing, get, get those off of your plate and put them, in somebody else's hand that could be successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's saying a lot without saying a lot. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like sometimes that's what the chapter is. And if all else fails, just watch Everybody Loves Raymond. And yeah. you'll see exactly what Jessica's mom's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or Sigourney goodness. Weaver. Yeah. Aliens. And you'll see what Jordan's mom's like. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. She's a great that. lady. She's fantastic. I love you, Mom. I think you're <laughs> fantastic. I think it's great. Um, I would highly recommend um, reading that the the practical steps at the end of the right. chapter. I would too. There's they're so good. They and are. this is this is a, a a book that you can just implement. You can take it, you can you can run with it. Um but you have to practice it. Yeah. This is this is stuff that just doesn't work if you're just gonna sit here and like right. you know spin but your it's wheels. Super easy to understand. Some of the books aren't always but this one he's he writes it in such a way you get it and then you can like go out and make that change that very day. And we're not perfect in it. Oh, you know, no, I mean, I mean, no. this is these are things like if you're if you're listening, you have to understand these are things that uh, sometimes we struggle to talk through because we're still working on implementations right. of those. And, um, you know, we leave this table and we go and we, we try things out and and some things work and some things don't yeah. work. And, and it's back to the drawing board. So some of those things we're still processing and Absolutely. some things are going to work for you in your situations. And some of the things aren't because it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's the way that your, your culture is or whatever the case is. But. The word of God is always going to stand firm. So make sure that you lean on that. All right. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.